in case you haven't heard, former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg is considering a run for the White House. And while he has yet to officially announce his candidacy, he's about to become the single biggest spender in the presidential race this year in a $100 million digital ad campaign set to start aimed at attacking and defining Donald Trump in battleground states. What's Mike Bloomberg up to? This is 880 In-Depth, our weekly deep dive podcast into a local story of consequence. And a big story of consequence this week is Mike Bloomberg. I'm Tim Schell, joined tonight by veteran WCBS City Hall reporter Rich Lamb. Hi, Rich. Hi there, Tim. And with us on the phone, Dr. Lee Marengoff, director of the Marist College Institute for Public Opinion. The two of you know Mike Bloomberg very well. Rich, you worked side-by-side with him out of City Hall for a couple of terms, three terms to be exact, right? Yes, three terms. Uh, And, of course, uh, he had uh, the term limits removed for himself and then reinstalled afterwards. It was a a big deal. It actually may have led to who, who, who... didn't get to become mayor of New York. Christine Quinn is the one who made that deal, right? True. And because she made that deal, the the thought was that's why Bill de Blasio became mayor, because it was a really big talking point for him. It certainly was, and uh, and that was a a difficulty there. And, and, you know, I guess the question is, uh, why is Mike running now or deciding whether he's going to run, right? Well, he's a big data guy. Lee, what do you think? Well, you know... (laughs) First of all, 2020, you know, uh, you know, are the rules which were all broken in 2016, are we going to go back to the uh, normal state of affairs or are the rules going to be kind of like stay broken, which means anything's possible, uh, you know, over the horizon. So, yeah, Mike Bloomberg is a big data guy. He looks at the data right now and, uh, you know, this doesn't look overly promising. Most of the Democrats are pretty satisfied with their choices. They haven't locked in necessarily. Uh, on a particular candidate, still very fluid, but you know they've been campaigning a while. They uh, they've gone to a series of debates. They've been raising money. They've gone certainly into the early states in a big way. Um, so you know, here comes Michael Bloomberg, and I guess he wants to be president, and he's wanted to do that for some time. Uh, and last time he didn't run probably because Hillary Clinton was, and he didn't want to split the vote. And of course, we know what happened. And now he seems kind of like really interested for his, what would clearly be the last time he can consider this. So we said Mike Bloomberg is a big data guy, Rich. And obviously the data told him that one of the policies that he ran during his administration, something we call stop uh, question and frisk, uh, was a big part of the meetings in terms of whether he or he should or should not run. Uh, and this past weekend, let's listen to what, what, what occurred just a couple of days ago. Thank you, everyone, and good morning. In front of a predominantly African-American audience, former Mayor Mike Bloomberg says he's coming to terms with his past as he contemplates his future. We did make mistakes. I made mistakes. For the first time, Bloomberg is apologizing for something he had staunchly defended in the past, his handling of stop and frisk. Our focus was on saving lives. The fact is, far too many innocent people were being stopped while we tried to do that. And the overwhelming majority of them were black and Latino. Fighting back tears, Bloomberg says he wants to earn back the trust of communities of color. I will never stop working to end gun violence to make every community across America 
safer and stronger. A federal judge ruled the program was unconstitutional in 2013 and stops were wound down in the final months of Bloomberg's term, though he continued standing behind the practice. In East New York, Brooklyn, Steve Burns, WCBS News Radio 880. Rich, did that surprise you? An apology uh, by Bloomberg for something he'd done is not something you hear every day of the week. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and am I surprised that he's thinking about running for the presidency? Uh, that, too. Uh, I will tell you, I had a conversation with him. Uh, and it wasn't all that long ago this summer. There was a retirement party, and I just happened to be there when I was a little early, and so was Mike Bloomberg. He has a tendency to do that. Had a conversation with him in which... Uh, you know, I said, gee, I wonder why you didn't run. Uh, and uh, he said, look, I would have gotten 10 or 15 percent of the vote. I would have taken it all from the Democrats. And, uh, and then he said, uh, you know, uh, even if I were to win about a month after uh, I w- would be inaugurated, he said I would turn 79 years old. Think about that. So am I surprised? I'm a little bit surprised. However, it's clear uh, that he was trying to move the Democrats from the left side of the street more toward the center. I think that's what's going on here. And I don't know whether it was just uh, whether it's a feint or whether it's the real deal. I mean, I think he's a serious guy. One of the one of the phrases he would use um, unprompted in the middle of a news conference would be, let's get serious. And I think he that's the bottom line for him. He's a very serious guy. And when it comes to something like this, you can be sure he has the dough to do it, and he'll spend it. I mean, $100 million could blow out his car window, and he might not know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Can hey. I be following in that car? Uh, <laughs> I, I would notice the, the difference. Um, the uh, You know, I think what you said, Rich, was really interesting in that he's, you know, sort of looking for the middle of of the uh, political spectrum here, and that's where he's most comfortable. That's currently being occupied by Joe Biden, to some degree Pete Buttigieg, um, but he, in order to be successful in this, uh, Mike Bloomberg would have to have a Joe Biden kind of falter, uh, and then he could then maybe fill some of that vacuum, uh, because Democrats are looking for someone who can win, um, and, uh, you know, his strategy, uh, Bloomberg's strategy, seems to be to skip those early primaries, and I think that's extremely risky, but it seems to be, given where he is right now, the only card he can play. No one's ever made it uh, after skipping the early primaries uh, because the momentum tends to be too great. Rudy Giuliani tried that uh, not too long ago, and he sort of put it all up on Florida and came up very short. But it's interesting. The one thing that uh, Giuliani didn't have is is the deep pockets that Bloomberg does have. So Giuliani was resting on, you know, he was going to be the white knight coming out of Florida, having, you know, given a pass to the early uh, primary states uh, back then. Um, and, you know, Bloomberg seems, Lee, according to what we hear, intent on starting to drop $100 million on digital ads attacking the president and under the Bloomberg name. On a, and, and that could really, um, that, 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 that could mean uh, a difference. That will it certainly will be very noticed, uh, but he's going to have to provide rationale. Uh, you know, Bill Clinton, way back in 1992, skipped uh, the Iowa caucus because Senator Harkin was running and he was from Iowa. So that was a rationale uh, for him not to go in. But aside from that, uh, John McCain skipped Iowa once, but he went into New Hampshire. So no one has really done it without 
you know, doing those early parks. And as I said in the beginning, maybe the rules are broken. Maybe there's a whole new thing. Um, the other thing with, with uh, Bloomberg, of course, and, and the, uh, you alluded to this, Rich, just a moment ago, is the age factor. And it's very interesting right now because Democratic voters are telling us in our surveys that they would prefer someone who's young. And yet, and, and in fact, people who are over 70 is really seen as, as not a good thing. And yet, look who's the ones who are doing well right now. The Bernie Sanders, the Joe Bidens, the Elizabeth Warrens. These are not young people. Uh, so maybe uh, Bloomberg is taking some heart into the fact that although he would turn 79, uh, you know, uh, February 14th after his inauguration, um, maybe he's finding something, you know, positive about this in terms of you can be... Uh, you know, older and still collect votes. Well, you know, maybe uh, maybe the theme song won't be uh, "Happy Days Are Here Again," but uh, you're young at heart. You know, <laughs> some <laughs> some tune like that. You know, you, you want to try a few bars? Yeah, no. <laughs> We have a rights issue. Uh, we saw Mayor, Mayor, then Mayor Bloomberg, of course, perform at the Inner Circle, the roast of the that the press corps performs, and the answer that the mayor then gives. And I do remember him, you know, doing a takeoff to uh, Fiddler on the Roof, singing "If I Were a Rich Man." <laughs> I think right now that's probably something in his corner that, in fact, he is, as you point out, Tim. But then again, uh, the image of billionaires may not be what it was at that point. Uh, or, or do you think just being a billionaire itself is a negative or a positive? I mean, just obviously a positive when it comes to fundraising. It doesn't have to do that. But, well, if you don't have the fundraising, though, you're not going to qualify to get into the debates either, because there are two criteria, poll standing, which he doesn't have right now, but let's say he got that. But you also have to have individual donations from a certain number of people to get into the different debates. Um, if he doesn't raise money from individual donors, he's not going to get into the debates. And that, it's hard to you know, sort of be on the track running around by yourself while everybody else is uh, sort of doing the debate thing. Maybe it doesn't matter anymore. I don't know. I want to go back to 2016 and Mike Bloomberg uh, back in uh, Philadelphia, City of Brotherly Love at the DNC and his uh, comments about uh, then-candidate Donald Trump. Given my background, I've often encouraged business leaders to run for office because many of them share the same pragmatic approach to building consensus. But not all. Most of us who have created a business know that we're only as good as the way our employees, clients, and partners view us. Most of us don't pretend that we're smart enough to make every decision by ourselves. And most of us who have our names on the door know that we are only as good as our word, but not Donald Trump. Through his career, Donald Trump has left behind a well-documented record of bankruptcies and thousands of lawsuits and angry stockholders and contractors who feel cheated and disillusioned customers who feel they've been ripped off. Trump says he wants to run the nation like he's running his business? God help us! I'm a New Yorker, and I know a con when I see one. Mike Bloomberg back in 2016. Lee, you expect some of those same 
themes this time I thought for a minute we were hearing his <laughs> announcement speech. Uh, <laughs> minus the current uh, unpleasantness that's going on in Washington, it certainly sounds like he had the themes down, really hit down pat then. And uh, look, this is a guy who no one can question the success that he's had as a businessman. I mean, this goes without saying, uh, you know, he really did what he said he, you know, set out to do and did it uh, very well. So, uh, you know, that's not the, that's not the downside. The downside is providing a justification for why does he need to get in and what's wrong with the others that we need yet another person getting into the race. Lee, does it matter that he spent all this personal wealth over the past many years, um, in his words, protecting America's health? And then, of course, the, the war he's waging and has waged against the NRA? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, look, these are for Democratic uh, primary folks uh, that that voters like that's certainly good credentializing and his his stands on the environment also are are good issues for him to uh, to um, to to to, build his candidacy around. Um, So, yeah, I think, you know, that that's okay as far as he's concerned. um, And he needs to put those forward. And the fact that he spent a lot of money, you know, Americans have voted and, you know, for people who they think are wealthy uh, in and of itself, that doesn't seem to be a problem, uh, and I don't think that's a problem now. Uh, you can, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks who've um, occupied the White House and, and have, have a lot of money to do so. Um, so I don't think that's the problem, uh, and the age issues kind of plays both ways. Um, the timing, I think, is, is an issue for him, and his strategy, he's going to have to hope that certain things come into place for him in order to be successful. Well, I, I would have to think that this question of stop, question, and frisk is going to be a really big attack against Mike Bloomberg. Just listen to what uh, de Blasio, Bill de Blasio said uh, after the Bloomberg comments at the uh, Christian Cultural Center. I just have to say, people, people aren't stupid. Like They can figure out whether someone is honestly addressing an issue or whether they're acting out of convenience. Uh, for years, so many of us said, when he was mayor of New York City, this is hurting people. This is creating division. It's creating a rift between our police and our community. And, and we said, in fact, that if our police and our community cannot have a partnership, we're going to be less safe. Lo and behold, when I came into office, we absolutely abolished the approach that Michael Bloomberg had taken to stop and frisk. The city has gotten safer six years in a row, and the relationship between police and community is healing. So uh, there were many points where he could have acknowledged this. It seems awfully strange that it took till now. That's uh, current Mayor Bill de Blasio on CNN over the weekend talking about uh, former Mayor uh, Mike Bloomberg, his, uh, his 180 on the issue of stop and frisk. It was a real amazing moment. I don't know how it'll play out in America. I know that it's gotten a lot of... Uh, a lot of press here in New York, Rich. You know, I walked into room nine and I said to one of the reporters there, what do you think? What do you think of the apology? And he said, well, look, he, he he's going to get a lot of criticism and is getting a lot of criticism for having apologized. But he would get a lot of a cr- criticism if he'd never apologized. He said it really is not a situation where he could have just walked away from it because it was going to be it would have been an issue uh, anytime any other candidate wanted to bring it up. The other thing is, what about the, the, the soda size thing? You know, mm-hmm. there are all these uh, 
soft drink fans out there thinking he's going to limit my sodas. What you know? So I mean, he had a lot of he had a lot of things that uh, might irritate people. But I'm, I, I wonder how well he can define himself with the kind of money he has. I mean, he can define Trump, obviously, or does Trump really need defining? I don't know. Uh, but what kind of a positive spin can he put on himself to, to market him and get his name even uh, more well-known across the country than it is now? And, Lee, maybe I can ask you as we close out uh, this conversation about Mike Bloomberg and his potential candidacy for president. We know this, um, this man up close. Uh, has been three-term mayor of, of New York. How big a deal, how big an issue is the gun issue in America, Lee? It's a huge issue, and Democrats are, are very eager to run with that issue right now, unlike what they've done in the past. Uh, there's a good uh, bipartisan support for moving on uh, restrictions of guns in a variety of different ways, and uh, former Mayor Bloomberg clearly is at the uh, the center of that um, that effort. So I think that's it. And I think also, you know, he's going to talk about his economic development credentials uh, because, you know, he came to mayor uh, at a time when the city desperately needed needed, uh, you know, a reset uh, after 9-11, and he uh, will, will claim that that was a big part of what he was doing. Rich, I wanted to ask you one quick question, and Tim, maybe also you want to jump in. What do you think is going to be the deciding thing for him? When does he decide to pull the lever, and what is going to do that for him? Boy, I sure wish I knew. <laughs> I wish I knew. <laughs> I, think, I think it's going to be, I think it will be data. I okay. think that, that he is just grounded in data. Uh, you know, he left Solomon Brothers because they wouldn't put everything on, on, on digital. Uh, and the, and the, the older guys there said, get him out of here. And they gave him $10 million bucks, and he walked out the door and started his own business. He believes in data. And I think he's going to take a look at the polling and the data and say, yes, no, this is a, this is a fool's errand or I'm on the way. And, and, you know, Lee, we know a lot of people who worked uh, for Bloomberg, mm-hmm. and they still work for him today. Uh, he's assembled a, a, you know, quite a crowd that worked in the um, in in City Hall, and many of those people moved on, Rich, right to Bloomberg uh, philanthropy, and worked on big issues like transportation, uh, on public health, and those kinds of things. And we know that those people are still working with him, and we know a number of them that are engaged in this process. And from all accounts, uh, this is a very serious contemplation. But I yes. agree. I agree with Rich. This is all about, especially this man that we know, this is all about the data, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, I, yeah, and I think also, you know, he has a team, as you, as you indicate, assembled, ready to go. And, uh, you know, and, and this could, in fact, be, look, this is not an amateur hour for them. I mean, these are, these are pros. And if he gets in, you'll see that kind of campaign out of him. But he's got a long way to go. So we'll have to see. Dr. Lee, thank you so much for your time. Rich Lamb, it's always great to assemble uh, two good friends and two very smart minds on the political front. Uh, Why do I think we're going to talk again sometime in the coming year? (laughs) Why Uh, not? (laughs) Thank you for being a part of uh, 880 In-Depth, and we'll, we'll see you down along the road. Pleasure. Talk soon. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.